only thing that we can take with us to heaven are the works that we have done for his kingdom and people. So people is the main priority of heaven. So it should be our main priority. So that is what our priority is, is to go after the harvest of souls. Jesus said the harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. And so that is what divine life whole focus is, is to reach the lost. Hi, and welcome to this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. It's always a pleasure to get together with your friend, especially when I can bring a longtime friend in the studio and see what's happening like today with Pastor Tony Wade of the Divine Life Church. Brother Tony, so good to see you, man. You light this place up. I love it when we get together. How are you doing? I am blessed, Byron. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I am so glad that the Lord is with us. <laughs> yes. Amen. He is with us. Yes. And the word says Emmanuel, God yes. with us. Yes. Why is it that humans really don't want God to be with us? Yeah. I mean, I think it's based on what Jesus said. Men love darkness more than light because their deeds are evil. And so because of that, we don't want to lay down the wickedness that is within us as fallen man before Christ redeem us. And so it causes people not want God to walk with them because it costs so much. You know, Brother Tony, I remember as a child at my grandparents' house, they had some walking stones from the back porch to the garage. Yeah. I remember as a kid, sometimes I would turn over those stones. Yeah. And when I did, there was all kinds of creatures. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> bugs. They were looking to go find the darkness. Yeah. They didn't want to be in the light. They wanted the darkness. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I wasn't looking for Jesus. He was looking for me. And so I was just like any other sinner. You know, I was lost in darkness and the light of Christ came and shined into my life and came to get me. And so I think that's the reason people don't want God is because he cramps our sin style. Yes. <laughs> So where were you exactly? We've told the story before, yeah. but I want to just remind our friends where you were when Jesus got you. Oh, I was a huge sinner. The Bible calls a whoremonger, messed with a lot of women, and I was an alcoholic at the same time. I was at my grandmother's living room table where I got born again. But before that, I was looking at television at her house, and my cousin, who had just gotten a new car, wanted to ride in that car. But before then, I'm calling girls, trying to get with them, and either they wasn't home or say they would say, let's get together tomorrow. But when God is in hot pursuit of you, he knows how to draw you. So I believe that he shut that down so I could be available to hear the truth. And so I, I wanted to ride in her new car. So she took me to the bank. I put my telecard in, and it said negative $25. I said, this machine is broke. Take me to the other one. And the same thing, negative $25. So God shut the women down, shut the money down, and she began to minister to me, which I didn't want to hear at the time because I was thinking about my money. And then we get back to my grandmother's living room table, and she's telling me about Jesus. The Lord is using her to tell me things about my life that did nobody know but me and another person. But the Lord was using her to say these things to me. It was getting my attention. And all of a sudden, I hear this little quiet voice say, pray with her. And I prayed this simple prayer to ask Jesus to come in my life. And I mean, I felt the presence of God come upon me, a peace that I didn't have in the women, a peace that I couldn't find in the alcohol I found in Jesus. And my life was changing. The first thing I said as I'm looking in the mirror with this glow on my face, he's not going to leave, is he? 
She said, he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. And so I was so excited. And so I'm skipping over a part that happened later. But the next day I went and checked on my money. The bank pulled up my account and said, Mr. Wade, we don't even see where your account was ever negative. So God, when he wants you, he know how to get a hold of you. <laughs> but you have a part to play. You got to choose to want him, Yeah. which I didn't know I wanted him and I desperately needed him. And sometimes we're still running. I remember as a teenager prior to coming to Christ, yeah. and I remember people trying to share the gospel with me. I literally would get outraged sometimes because wow. I didn't want to hear that. Yeah. It was very uncomfortable yeah, yeah. hearing about Jesus dying on the cross. Yes. But yeah. that was bringing me in a right relationship with yes. God. That was what I was originally designed to do. Yes. We all are designed to serve God. The beauty of it is he said, while we were yet sinners, Christ died. Yeah. So he didn't die once we got our life together because I've heard people say, I need to get myself together and then I'm going to come to God. Well, if you could get yourself together, you would need the goodness of our Lord and Savior, Jesus. You wouldn't need his blood if you could get rid of your own sins. It's because we're so sick. Yes. We yes. don't realize how sick we are. Yes. I was blind and I was lost. And I actually thought I was a good person, but I was good based on whose standard. If it was man's standard, I was a good person. But God's standard I was wicked and, and I was vile and I was sinful. Yes. And by his goodness, now I'm the righteousness of God in Christ because he made me righteous. So we kind of categorize sin by saying, okay, I haven't murdered anybody yeah. or I haven't robbed a bank. Yeah. We categorize these sins yeah. and thinking I'm not so bad. Because we don't really understand God and his holiness. We compare ourselves against ourselves and we don't compare ourselves against the holiness of God. He's totally perfect. He's totally righteous. He's totally holy. We are not. And so we're falling far short of that standard. And Jesus was the gap filler. He was the one that made up the difference. And that's why he said he became sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God. We weren't righteous. We were made righteous by the goodness of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise God for that. Yes. Well, we have a mutual friend. You're yeah. friends with David Sitton. Yes. He took me to lunch back a couple months ago. We're driving down Riverdale, and he says, hey, there's Divine Life Church. I yeah. said, wait a minute now. <laughs> <laughs> How long has Divine Life been there? Because yeah. the last time you were in the studio, yeah. Alsea Drive, was it? Alsea Road? Yeah, over on Ball Road Ball in the Alsea Ball community. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. That's, That's where exactly. the church was. Yes. That's where it started, though, right? Yeah, we started actually in the gym, one of Memphis Athletic Ministry, MAM's old buildings on Ball Road, 2107. Ball Road is where we started. Then we built a building right down the street, 2019 Ball Road. And then we began to outgrow that place. And then plus, we wasn't receiving but less than 2% of people coming from the community. So in 2016, we acquired that property and had our first service in that property uh, February 2017. Now, Tony, am I correct by saying the ministry of Divine Life started similar to Moody Bible Church in Chicago? Dwight L. Moody, before there was a Moody Church, yeah. he would go into the streets and minister to kids. Yes. That was really the start for Divine Life. That's exactly what happened. In 2000, we started repairing the breach outreach ministry, and we would just minister to children. That was our heart. That was our passion, and it still is. But God, out of that, he birthed Alcibal Community Church, which later became Divine Life Church. 
And so we, we still minister to many children and transforming their lives. It's been a lot difficult with COVID, but we yeah. still come with new strategies to still continue our mission through repairing the breach. And then we planted the church because there was a need and a demand from the people, and God was leading us to do that. What kind of adjustments have you had to make? All the churches yeah. have had to make adjustments in their ministry because yeah. of the pandemic. Well, with us, from the children's standpoint, we begin to be one of the sites for the online services for the children that's going to school. So we're a site for that because we're just now trying to get back into the schools, but because of the restrictions, we're not able to get in, but we can still do things at our place. But as far as our church, we opened back as soon as the mandate was lifted here in, in Memphis and Shelby County for Mother's Day. We've been back up and running. We believe that the kingdom of God shouldn't stop regardless of a pandemic or not. So the lunch Bible studies that you've done over the years at Hamilton yes. uh, with students, which is an incredible <laughs> oh, yeah. opportunity that God yeah. has given the gospel yeah. of Jesus Christ yeah. to be one one with these students in the classroom. Definitely. I mean, we had so many kids would come to Christ during the lunchtime at the school. There was one particular story that I am so glad that we were taking the gospel where it needed to be. There was one young lady, she had been coming to those Bible studies and she ended up getting born again. And on the day that she graduated, she was killed in a car accident. But she had already received Jesus as her Lord and Savior. So that was the, the message is so important. That I heard about on the news. Yes. Oh, Tony. So that was a few years back. Yes, and, I remember and so that. the day of her graduation, oh. but she had an opportunity to get to know Christ at one of our Bible studies. Oh. So the importance of the message of Christ, because it hurts that you think of something so tragic, but what would be more tragic if she wasn't spending eternity in heaven with the Lord. Oh, my. Praise God for yes. that. Yes. Okay, so this move now. To Riverdale. Yeah. There's a story behind this that we've got to share. <laughs> oh, yeah. It seemed like every time God has us to do something, it's going to be a huge fate journey. We were looking to move. We actually were going to try to add on to the building we had in Alcy Ball, but it wouldn't have worked. I mean, we didn't even have a parking space or anything. Yeah, yeah. So one of our members brought me a brochure of the building we're currently in now. And I looked at it. And I'm like, we can't afford that. <laughs> and so one day I started looking for buildings and came back to the same building. But this particular time, the faith of God was upon me, and I had the realtor meet me there, and I walked into the building. As soon as I was walking through Byron, every place I walked, I knew what that was supposed to be. I knew this was supposed to be in the lobby area. I knew the, the sanctuary should be here, the children's area. I'm talking about I saw it clearly as I'm walking through. So now I had the faith to believe God wants us to have this building. But the thing was, when I went to the bank, they said, you know, you all are almost there, divine life, but you're not quite there. You're probably about a year away. But I really felt God wanted us to move now. So we couldn't get qualified from the bank. We got turned down by four banks. So I was having lunch with a friend of mine. He said, have you ever thought about owner financing? I said, what is that? Tell me a little bit. He began to give me a little insight. So I went back to the realtor to ask the owners what they own a finance for us. So they came with this astronomical number that we couldn't afford. So we counter offered and they accepted. 
And so they said, we're owner finance for three years. And that is what they did. So three years later, we were able to get a bank to accept the loan. And now it's our property. Oh, Tony. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you use the word faith. And and the Bible teaches us as believers without faith, it is impossible to please God. But so often, and I find myself in the same place of Not living by faith. Yeah, yeah. Well, one thing I learned about faith, Byron, is that God is the initiator of faith. Abraham didn't go to God and say, I want to be a father of many nations. God went to Abraham and said, hey, I need you to leave your father's house and go where I'm going to show you. And it says he believed God and it was accounted unto him as righteousness. So it wasn't me desiring this building. God initiated. I just chose to believe him, have faith in what he was saying. And so that's what happened. Well, I think sometimes we confuse that faith with uh, getting a shiny new car, yeah, you know, yeah, or yeah. having a big new house. Yes, you know? yes. And we put material things. That's exactly right. In those requests. Yeah, yeah. But again, you said this is something that God initiates. He initiates because he would give you a vision. He would give you a dream. And then he wants you to believe what he said, because when you believe what he says, now he can work with you. He can begin to manifest his power and his might in what he initiated. But all he needs us to do is to believe what he said. Tony, can we talk a little bit about the heartbeat of divine life when it comes to the gospel? As we say the gospel in, in association with churches, yeah. everybody says, well, that's what a church is all about. <laughs> but you'll find that many churches yeah. aren't on cue when it comes yeah. to the gospel. The gospel is a passion. Yes. It's your heartbeat. Yes. And it's yes. not just talked about. You go to where the people are, yes. and you take the gospel to the people. Yes. That is the heartbeat of our church. We have a few sayings. One of the things is God has given us a mandate to raise up a faceless army of equipped believers. One of the other sayings that we have is how much does a soul cost? And so we want to have on our heart what is on God's heart. The only thing that we can take with us to heaven are the works that we have done for his kingdom and people. So people is the main priority of heaven. So it should be our main priority. So that is what our priority is, is to go after the harvest of souls. Jesus said the harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. And so that is what divine life whole focus is, is to reach the loss. And so we're after the loss at all costs. So like this past Saturday, we had about 44 people give their life to Christ. On the Saturday before that, 60 some people gave their life to Christ because we go out every Saturday with our team. But we also encourage people as they're out each and every day to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, Tony, I know you could probably do a sermon series on this, but would you give us a little gospel presentation 101? Yes. We don't have obviously a lot of time, maybe three or four minutes. Yeah. But help us to know how we should present The gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, I think, number one, people got to understand to help people understand that we are all sinners that need a savior. Because when you begin to talk to people about the goodness of God, the first thing they're going to do is give you some type of works that I'm a good person. I hadn't done anything wrong. So the first thing we have to do is help people see that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So we have all missed the mark. And that the wages of sin is death. So all of us deserve death. And you got to help them understand that death is not just physical, but death is spiritual and eternal. 
because without Christ, everyone is in spiritual death, which means separation. Death means separation. So they're already separated from God. And if they die in the condition of being separated from God, they would die and be eternally separated, which unfortunately would end up in the lake of fire. So first help people understand that you need Christ because without him, you're separated from God. But Jesus, who came born through a virgin and helped them understand the importance of the virgin birth, that sin wasn't passed through the bloodline. Because if he had a natural father, he would have been a sinner like us. But God became a man. He took God's wrath for us. And when you accept by repenting and accepting what Jesus done, you get to accept the full forgiveness and your debt is paid to a holy God and he will accept you and he'll write your name in his book of life and you now become one of his children. So you just gave a gospel presentation yes. that those listening right now yes. can take to their neighbors, yes. their workplaces, yes. the streets, I mean, wherever yes. they go. And that's what yeah. God's asking us yes, to do. Yes, Because we have received the grace and goodness yes. of Christ's gift yes. on the cross that should be really enough motivation for us to tell that story. I think a lot of times we make it a lot difficult to receive Christ because many of us don't really understand what Christ has done for us. Even though we may be born again, we don't understand the transformation because I hear things like we're all God's children. Well, based on John 1 and 12, he says to as many as received him to them. The ones who received them, he gave the right to be called sons of God. Right. So we become children when we get born again into the royal family. (laughs) (laughs) That is so beautiful. Amen. And really, I think it's important, too, because various religions saying this is the way to have peace with God. Yeah. But God made the peace. Yes. Through the cross. That's right. And he gives it to us as a free gift. Free You know, there's no works involved. None at all. It doesn't mean because after we receive that gift. Now works are involved. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus, for what you did. Yeah. And how can I serve you? What can I do? So you you can't work to be saved. But after you're saved, you're to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. So what works are involved? Renewing your mind. What other works involved? Denying yourself. Take up your cross and follow Christ daily. Meditating the word. Prayer. All of those works are involved after salvation. But to be born again, there's nothing you could do but repent and receive what Christ has done. And then the growth process. So I like to tell people getting born again is one step in the journey of walking with God. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Strong Families, I know, is also part of the vision of Divine Life Church. Yes. Where are families today in our city? Oh, families are, are in bad shape nowadays because of sin. In the body of Christ, 50% of families, marriages end in divorce. Well, in the African-American community, single-parent home is 80-20. That's a huge gap. Because of the sin issue, Satan is using fornication and adultery to cause all of these children to be born out of wedlock, which breaks down the family unit, which creates a breakdown not only of family, but it affects community. 
So we at our church, we fight really hard for marriages and we promote marriages. My wife and I do a lot of marriage ministry. We do a marriage ministry called Team Wade because we're promoting that marriage is a partnership. It's a team effort and that we're on the same team fighting against forces of darkness that would try to come and split that. And so I grew up in a broken home. And so I despise the brokenness of broken families. So my wife and I, in September, it'll be 29 years that we would have been married. And so we raised our daughters together and so grateful to the Lord for his goodness of keeping us together. Amen, Tony. You know, I, too, came from a broken home, parents divorced when I was young. My wife and I have been married coming up on 37 years. Wow, congratulations. And, uh, you know, raised three sons yeah. that are you know are married, walking with Christ, yeah. and watching granddaughters now. <laughs> Trusting Christ. And so, yes. yes, generation of the upright will be blessed. Yes. Those promises that are applicable, you know, they might yeah. have spoken to the generation of Israel, but the precepts yes. of there, that we need to be faithful to God's word. Yes. He has those blessings yes. for the family. I mean, he designed it. I like what Adrian Rogers said. He is not keeping you from something. He's keeping you for something. That's exactly right. That's exactly what God is doing. I mean, his, his goodness, his blessings— it's a blessing in obedience. There's freedom in obedience. When you do it God's way, you get his results. And and I've learned that I don't have to worry about having a broken family if I love my wife as Christ loved the church. So when I think about how Christ loved the church, when I mess up, he don't say I'm done with you. He'll forgive me. He'll receive me back. Yes. You know, he don't hold out against me. Yes. And, yes. and so I've had to learn how to love my wife the same way Christ loves me. Hmm. And so if I am doing my role that he's given me as a husband yes. and she's doing her role as God has given her as a wife. Yes. And then you got to think marriage is under attack on every level, not only through the sin of fornication, but also now they're trying to change what is male and female. So marriage and family is under assault everywhere that you look. Yes. But we got to go back to what is the foundation of truth, which is the word of God. Our anchor holds in Jesus. Yes. And we have to stand firm, right? Yes, we do. I think Ephesians 6 talks about putting on the armor of God. Come on. It's to stand, right? That's right. <laughs> After you get the pieces on, you got to yeah, stand. That's right. Yeah. You know, one of the things I was teaching on that, Byron, I was saying, listen, that the armor is not just a defensive armor. It's an offensive armor. Yes, yes. I put that armor on when I'm coming to take something from the enemy and it protects me <laughs> that it, when he's firing at me, that he doesn't hit me as I come to take my father's stuff. Those fiery darts <laughs> yes. that he talks about, you know, yeah. you're able to extinguish That's those. That's right. That's right. By that shield of faith. That's right. Oh, so the helmet it, of salvation. Yeah. Feet shod with the gospel. Preparation yep. of the gospel yes. of peace and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God and the belt of truth. All of those things are so important that yes. we be fully clothed because we have a true adversary. And I think sometimes we as believers forget that we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. Oh, I think so, Tony. Yeah. And the fact that as we have been living now for over a year in the pandemic time, yeah. and, and there's been a lot of depression. There's been a yes. lot of people have died. Have. We've lost family members. We've yes. seen them pass and friends, yeah. friends from churches. That is where, as you talk about faith, yeah. Trust. Yeah. But then we have the word of God that we can really draw that comfort from. Yes. 
so often, you know, watch that TV show or yeah. some other type of entertainment. Try to settle our nerves or find a little breakaway from yeah. everything for a little bit. You know, keep yeah. the news turned off so we can just maybe oh, yeah. have some sanity. Oh, yeah. But, you know, really to find that peace we're talking about that surpasses yeah. all understanding. Yeah. Spending that time in the Word. Oh, that that is so important because when you think about it, he said – meditating my word day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. And so I think when when you talk about all of the lack of peace and anxiousness that is in our society, it goes back to like what you're saying, because what are you meditating or what is feeding you? And so I look at if someone is looking at the news all day and you meditating death and bad news, that is going to create your faith in negativity and in believing that there's no hope. Yes. But what if you begin to meditate what God said and what he said he's going to do? Now there's a level of peace with Jesus, who's the Prince of Peace. And you can endure any situation that that is thrown on this earth because we have an adversary. God knew the pandemic would happen, but his people can have a level of peace by staying under the shadows of the Almighty yes. and saying of the Lord, you are my refuge, you are my fortress, my God, and you will I trust. Oh, amen. And so yes. it's so important when you begin to live in the secret place with God and live in his peace. You know, I was reading just this morning when Peter was outside in the courtyard as Jesus was being interrogated by yeah, the high priest, yeah. just hours away from being crucified. At that point, Jesus prior had told Peter, you're going to deny me. Yeah. He was all excited. I'll live for you till I die. <laughs> he said, Peter, you will deny me three times before yeah. the rooster crows twice. That's right. So in the courtyard, you know the story. The serv- oh, yeah. young serving girl approached Hey, didn't I see you were with that Nazarene <laughs> Jesus? No, no, I never knew yeah, him. Yeah. And he walks away, and then there's that first crow, yeah. the rooster crows. Yes. And I just thought about it this morning. Well, he denied him two more times, and there's the second mm-hmm. crow of the rooster. But what would have happened? I mean, we know in Scripture this is the way it happened. Yeah. But when he heard that first rooster, he goes, wait yeah. a minute. I just remember yeah. what Jesus told me. Oh, yeah. He had an opportunity yes. to take a stand then. Yeah. Of course, the word was fulfilled. We know that. Oh, yes. And he did exactly what I probably would have done myself yeah. Yeah. in that moment. Well, when you think about it, when Jesus was teaching on the source on the word, one of the things he said is that when the seed is sown, that the evil one comes immediately to steal the word. Yes. So one of the things that we got to understand is we may know what God said, but when we're in a situation, we may have allowed the evil one to steal that word from us that we should have been doing, but we allowed him to steal it before it rooted in us. Yes. So I believe that could have been the situation with Peter right there, wow. that it was stolen, that he didn't remember yes. what Jesus had said to him. Got to hold on to it. Yes. Got to apply it and live it out. Yes. Wow. Tony Wade, my dear brother, as always, it's great to see you. Okay, now, you're open for business, right? The church? Oh, yes. (laughs) So, Divine Life, if somebody wants to come and be part of the fellowship, can they visit you Sunday? They surely can. 5270 Riverdale at 10 a.m. They can also find us on divinelifememphis.org. Also, Divine Life Memphis on our Facebook page. They can catch us online and... We're still doing kingdom work. We got lots of work to do. We're not closed. We're open. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. Well, friends, that's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. Thanks for stopping by. I'm Byron Tyler, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.